listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. And um, one of the reasons that Carolyn and I came on together today is that we wanted to just be able to build your faith, um, you know, with some stories of faith and talk about the power of peace, um, you know, over your life. One of the things you are promised as a believer is supernatural peace, or as one translation says, peace that passes all understanding. And I think that right now in America, that is probably the best thing uh, you could you could understand is passes understanding. Yeah. Peace that passes understanding, especially right now. Nobody is going to understand the peace that you have as a believer. Nobody. They're just not going to understand it. And there's people, we've talked to people that are just like blown away by how calm we are in what with whatever's going on around the country and around the world. And people are like, wow, I wish... Uh, had your same conviction. Yeah, I wish I could say what you say. I wish I, I could believe what you believe. But literally, I mean, think about it. Peace that passes all understanding right now is exactly what we have. Because the world does not and cannot understand the kind of peace that you should have as a believer. But that's why we have Holy Spirit peace. And the reason that we talk about this, that's right, my Uncle Tim said, we're Kung Fu fighters, we win. Um <laughs> The reason that we have peace that passes understanding is because our peace is not based upon circumstances. Our peace is not based on situations. So I don't need a natural result to go back to peace again. We don't need the government to declare everything's fine before we have peace again. We've never lost our peace and you shouldn't lose your peace. So understand Peace that passes understanding is a supernatural peace. It comes from the Holy Ghost. Just like supernatural joy is not based on circumstances, neither is supernatural peace. And so you have to understand our peace is based upon the mighty word of God and nothing else. It's based on what God said and not circumstances. It's a supernatural peace. I love the song every time... um I always think of people getting kind of like out of sorts. I love the song is, I have a peace that the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Right. Because that's something that Jesus specifically died for on the cross was peace. So that you can have peace. So you don't have anxiety, that you don't have fear, that you don't have, you know, worry, being worried and you can't sleep. Peace is is one of the fruits of the spirit. It's a, actually a requirement from as a believer to have the peace of God in your life. And so you have to remember that it has nothing to do with what's around you. Like yeah. you said, nothing to do with what the government says, nothing to do with what's going on because it's a it's a gift directly from Jesus yeah. to you that you have to receive mm-hmm. and walk in and understand. The Bible's full of of verses on peace. And, and walking through the valley and sleeping and resting. And we have to get in that supernatural rest to realize 
you know, that everything is going to be okay. Absolutely. I've, I've had lots of people say, you know, uh, things aren't normal. Why are you saying that? Uh, you know, why, why don't you, I've had people, you know, ask me and write me saying, well, how can you, uh, be so calm when you, uh, hear what's going on? But I, I, I wrote back, I said, well, who are you listening to? Right. Are you reading the word of God? Are you understanding what the benefits are to us as believers? Or are you have the news on 24 seven? Yes. I get that there's lockdowns all over the world. I get that there's a coronavirus. Nobody's saying that it's a fake virus. Because, you know, I do a lot of mocking on my social media of it, but I'm mocking, I'm mocking it because the enemy has caused this disturbance within this world. This none of this is from God. God did not send it. People are reading the word wrong and saying God sent this virus. That's stupid. He loves the people he made, he loves his children. He right. would never send anything to cause trouble. And in I dealt our with life. that last night on the broadcast. Yeah, and a couple nights ago, you you went on it too, and because you said who sent this plague, that was your title. Yeah. And so that's something you dealt on that I highly recommend that you go back and watch. But it, it it's it's nothing from him. So when people say how are you so calm, it, I say well what what report are you listening to? Mm-hmm. This is a time that we stand up and. And everything we've heard our whole life, every song we've sung, every confession we've said, we 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 we're putting it into play now. Yeah. Because we can say, you know, uh, God's my hedge of protection my entire life. God's my rock. Never will a rock cry out in my place. You know, you sing these songs, you say all this stuff, but do you actually believe it? Now's the time to pull out all the stuff that you've downloaded into your spirit. That's why. You know, when we have meetings and we have these things going on, some people will say, well, I don't need to come tonight because you said it's it's a miracle. It's a healing night. You know, I don't need to come because, you know, I'm already saved. And you said bring, you know, the lost or we're going after this, uh, which, by the way, yes, you should be bringing the lost. But it, this is something just like on our phones. I was thinking, you know, you download apps that you don't necessarily use in that moment. Right. You download apps that you say, oh, well, maybe in the future. This is something that could be beneficial to me. So I started thinking like, that's how we have to operate with the word of God. Always be there when the doors are open. Always when there's teaching going on, be present, be live, be watching, be taking notes, go back and watch, listen to podcasts, read the word of God, pray, fast, seek after the things of God because you download it now and you have it ready for when you need to use it. Exactly right. So there's times where, you know, we walk in divine healing, but I'll never stop reading on healing. I'll never stop studying that topic. I'll never stop thanking the Lord for divine healing. Mm -hmm. I'll never continue to say, Lord, watch over my children, watch over my family, watch over my body, that I walk in healing. I'm healthy. So I don't shove that to the side. I've downloaded it. I've downloaded it. I've downloaded it. So when I need to pull it up, bam, boop, there's the app. I got it. Healing. Right. So you have to, you have to take into your spirit, man, and download it now. So you're ready for it later. That's true. So Brian Thomas said, Teddy's looking like Star Trek, looking like uh, Captain Kirk. <laughs> I love you, Brian. What my wife is saying is exactly right. You you start to understand, you fill yourself with a substance or the fuel of God's word. And then literally you can pull out what you need in any moment, in any yeah. given moment. You know, that's, that's what um, I started to realize as a... Uh, as a minister, because as a spirit-filled minister, I would study and study. Maybe you've heard me say this. I would study and study 
uh, to prepare messages to preach. And then I would stand to preach them. And the Holy Spirit would say, well, don't preach that, preach this. You know, don't, don't, don't go that direction, go this direction. So I started to realize it's almost, for me anyway, it was almost pointless to just prepare messages, to study to prepare messages. And what I realized was much more effective for me as a minister was to just fill myself, fill myself with the word on every topic so that if the Lord said, go this direction, I've got the fuel to go that direction. If he said, go this direction, I've got such, I'm so deeply studied in that direction. I could go that. It doesn't matter where he tells me to go. The same is true as a believer. You say, you know what? Uh, It doesn't matter what situation I face. I've got so much of God's word in me on each one of those things. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I've got fuel and ammunition for every single one of those things. And that's the importance of what my wife is saying. You You might be studying right now. And saying, you know, now we don't have any issues, um, you know, uh, financially. We're being perfectly provided for all of that. But you still fill yourself with the word on provision, with the word on prosperity, with the word on divine overflow. So that now people are going through this time where they're getting laid off from work. You got people that are going, having to leave their jobs. Their jobs are shutting down. And you didn't need it before, but now you're in a place. So what are you going to do? Scramble? And go into a panic mode and try to get everything you can to build faith on provision and prosperity? No, you already have it. It's already in your spirit. It's already ready to go. And when the enemy tries to attack, you've got an answer by the sword of the spirit to cut down every wicked thing that we try to come against your family. And so by filling yourself with the mighty word of God, it will allow you to rest in peace. Rest in peace. If I have God's word already in my heart, then when I go and something comes against my life, it doesn't shake me out of faith. It actually, I'm already in peace because I've got ammunition for that in my spirit already. Yeah. I wanted to, um, I don't know if you're, if you're somewhere that you wanted to be, but I wanted to show them Acts chapter 12. If, if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 12, because I want you to see this with us. Looks like the speed went way back up, so everybody must be done doing their work by eleven thirty in the af- in the morning. Um, <laughs> At least here in this it's a nice day, so they're um, allowed now. <laughs> Acts chapter it should be <clears throat> should be fine for everybody now. Acts chapter twelve. This blow this story right here blows my mind. Blows my mind. You talk about faith that has divine peace in it. This story right here blows my mind. Listen to this. Acts chapter 12, I'll start reading with the first verse, but listen to this. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that that pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And this was was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So you know what he's doing for political purposes. He sees how much uh, favor it gained with the Jews when he killed James. He thought, hey, I'll I'll keep on killing guys. Let's get Peter. We'll kill him. He's a prominent figure in the church. We'll really make the Jews happy. Let's kill Peter next. And almost almost for sure, that's what, what his plan was. And the Bible says he put him in prison the next day to bring him out. 
And so Peter was kept in prison, verse five, but earnest prayer was made for him to God by the church. Now look at this, verse six. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. I love this. Bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. So look at verse six, uh, where Peter's probably sitting in a cell thinking to himself, man, they killed James. They're probably going to kill me tomorrow. They're probably thinking about killing me tomorrow. You'd think most believers would not sleep that night. They'd be up all night praying. Oh God, deliver me from the hand of the, you know, whatever. Praying in speed tongues, praying in fear. Oh God, get me out of this row. You know, people freaking out. And look what happened. When Peter was in that cell guarded by sentries and soldiers, the Bible says that he's in there asleep between two soldiers. And so in a night where he's threatened, in a night where it looks like it's the end of his life and the end of his ministry, and it looks like they're going to destroy him like they did to James, they, the angel comes in. God sends an angel because of the prayers of the church. And I want you to see this. The Bible says, verse seven, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. Notice this, the bright light of the angel did not wake Peter up. He's sleeping so soundly. It did not wake him up. Verse seven, and he had to strike Peter on the side to wake him up. So literally the Calvary's there to get him out of problems. He's got, he's got a deliverer, God sent an angel <clears throat> And he's still, he's still dead asleep in the midst of a bright light in the cell. And the angel's like, come on. He actually has to smack him and say, wake up. I'm trying to get you out of here. And the, and the Bible said he was sleeping so soundly that the angel had to struck, strike him on the side and wake him up saying, get up quickly. You know, apparently he was groggy <laughs> and just kind of dragging himself and really back. out of it. If you don't even yeah. notice a light. An angelic light. I know. So I'm saying you know, when you like, turn on the light, like people are you, like, "What's going on?" You, you know, know it. If someone came into your room at three in the morning and started turning all the lights on, you know, you you notice that, of course. And so he's like, in a deep rest, <laughs> he's like, I, "Get up quickly!" And the chains fell off of his hands, and the angels said, "Dress yourself and put on your sandals." And he did so and said to him, "Wrap your cloak around you and follow me." And he went out. And as they're going out, all the doors begin to open. I mean, think about that. All the all the doors begin to open that there's no hindrance, everything moves out of his way. So I want you to think about this. Very interesting thought. This is a peace that passes all understanding. How could Peter go to sleep and sleep so soundly that an angel had to strike him to wake him up? How could Peter, on the night before what was probably going to be an execution, how could Peter sleep so soundly between soldiers that an angel had to strike him to wake him up. Well, let me tell you something. If Peter can sleep the night before a supposed execution and be so soundly asleep that an angel has to actually smack him to wake him up, I'm not going to lose any sleep over a virus. I'm not going to lose any sleep over bacteria. I'm not going to lose any sleep over sickness and disease. I'm not going to lose any sleep over government or state shutdown. I won't. Last night and the night before and the night before that and the night before that, I slept so soundly, so much peace, so much rest. I refuse. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's not going to be our story. You have to you have to refuse it. If it has to be extreme that you do something so extreme just to mock what's going on. You know, I did a podcast on Friday and in my podcast they said, "I haven't used hand sanitizer since 2019." <laughs> haven't used it once. I haven't gone and scrubbed my hands like a mad person. Look, like a baby's bottom. <laughs> I'm not doing it because it's representing the fear. And people say, oh, well, that's not wisdom, the germ. Listen, I'm not going to teach the word of God and believe the word of God that my hands have the power to heal and that I have to be so cautious that everything I touch, everything I do, I'm not going to go out and leave my house and wander. Am I going to go to the grocery store? Am I going to touch a, a cart and possibly get the coronavirus? No, I leave my house having the peace of God. I know that I'm going to get my stuff. And a, and a side note, before I go out, I say, Lord, you're going to provide everything I'm looking for. I'm not standing in long lines. I'm not fighting people. I'm not going to be worried if it's not on the shelf. Lord, have everything waiting for me that I need for my family. Right. And he has every time. Have I come back with everything? I mean, right. we've had filet. We've had shrimp. We've had everything that, that we've wanted. You know, I, had, I have such a wonderful neighbor next door, and she offered me some milk when we got home from Michigan. And, and I said to her, I said, oh, that's, you know, she had a bunch. And I said, that's so wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, there's just a particular kind, like an organic kind that I was looking for for the kids, you know, and it was like, you know, good luck because really milk's not on the shelf. And so, you know, we came home on a Monday. I said, Ted, I'll go to the grocery store Tuesday morning. Like, no, we don't need to rush out. And um, when I go to Publix, in the milk department, what was sitting there? Mm -hmm. Two organic whole milks. Didn't have to fight anybody. Didn't have to worry about it. I got exactly what I said and what I wanted. Because I had told someone in Michigan, I said, I'm not going to sit here in a, in a hotel room and we're not going to preach the gospel and be on a mission for the Lord. And it's called Miracle Word Ministries. He sent his word and it healed him. And then I'm worried about not having enough when I go home. I said, if ravens have to bring us toilet paper to our front door. If ravens have to bring paper towels to our front door, we will not be without. So you have to speak like that, you have to think like that, and then you have to make up your mind on it. And you know, nothing's wrong, I'm not saying anything's wrong with hand sanitizer, but it offends my faith because it's caused so much fear that people were buying hand sanitizer for $70. It's like never in a million years. I barely will buy it for $3, let alone $70. And that guy so got just, in trouble for hoarding it. Yeah, he bought $17,000 worth of hand sanitizer and tried to upsell it. That's what fear does to you. Yeah, it makes you, know, you stupid. Yeah, fear makes you stupid. It makes you do stupid things. It's like it's like when I, you've heard me share the story of when I was in Bible school during 9-11. And on the day of September 11th, when I left school, you know, everybody was blowing up my phone. You better get gas. You better stock up, you know, because, you know, th this thing happened. You know, I'm all the way out in Oklahoma. It happened in New York City. And they're like, you better stock up on groceries. You better stop, get, get all your gas you can get. Everything's going to shut down. And me, like a dummy, I go straight to the gas station. And this is at a time when uh, gas was 98 cents a gallon. 98 cents a gallon. And uh, I go and get in line, and it's already the gas stations had already hiked it up to uh, $4 a gallon. $4. And so I'm in line. There's a huge long line, and I'm just like praying, oh, Lord, let there be gas for me. Let there be plenty of gas left over, like, you know, like it's an issue. 
I get up there and finally there's gas and I'm sitting there and I'm starting to pump it in, pumping the gas. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And I'm sitting there just throwing my money away. Four times what I should have been paying for gas out of fear, out of fear. And I'm pumping all this money into the gas station and I get my, oh, I'm like thanking God I'm like it was some miracle or something. I get up the next morning on the way to class. I go out past the same gas station and it's back down to 98 cents again the next day. But for one day, man, they made money on that fear mongering that was going on throughout the nation because of what had happened. And you think about that. Fear makes you stupid. Fear makes you do things. Let me just give you, let me give you an example. When you, if you were to, thank you, Caitlin, for sowing a seed. Thanks, Caitlin. We love you. Love you. Um, if you have studied anything about survival techniques, one of the things that happens to people when they're in a, a, a situation, for example, that they're hiking or, or something like that, um, if they find, feel like or, or realize that they're lost, one of the first things, especially if you're out in the wilderness, one of the first things that happens is panic sets in on people. And one of the first things they tell you about a survival situation is don't panic. Don't panic. It makes you do foolish things. <laughs> and so if you find yourself in a place, like for example, in, a, in the wilderness, you feel like, oh, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I can't get back to where I was. They, don't, they tell you, don't start freaking out. Don't do it all. They say, sit down where you are. Sit down where you are. And then just for a moment, rest and take stock of what you have, what what's in your inventory, what's in your backpack. Do you have food? Do you have water? Count your things. Make sure you have something to start. Fire. Don't take off running and screaming and shouting. One of the things they'd had problems with in Maine, because the woods are so dense, is that people would get lost uh, hiking in Maine. And because the, the trees are so densely packed together, people will freak out. And they think, I'm lost. I got to find my way back to the path. And they'll take off running in the woods. Well, the, the branches are all so close together, their clothes will start being torn and stuff. And then what ends up, park rangers will say this, what ends up happening to people is mosquitoes then will set in and start biting them. There's mosquitoes everywhere in Maine, especially in the summer and uh, when people are hiking. And there's people that just get totally tore up in the woods. They'll, they'll, they'll be found, you know, later disoriented, all dehydrated. They freaked out. They panicked. They took off running. Don't freak out. Don't panic. Don't do Take stock. Be calm and take stock. I have the power of God in my life. I have the word of God in my life. I have the provider as part of my life. I have the healer as part of my life. Begin to think about what you've been given. Don't freak out. Don't panic. Have a peace that yeah. comes from knowing what's in your inventory in the spiritual realm. What do I have? I have a provider. I have a peace, a comforter, a peace giver. I have a healer. Uh, you, you know, you start to take stock. What, who am I in the kingdom? What do I have? That's like, even in the natural, I tell our kids that. Like when they lose something, you know, I'm like, they, you, kids t tend to get hysterical and they cry or they get worked up. And yep. one of my main things is we live so at peace and relaxed. Mm-hmm. It aggravates people, but we live it so at peace. Don't people say that when they oh, come yeah. in our house? Tons of people. We just had it. someone come a few weeks ago and said it is so relaxing over. It's just different. It's just different. Oh yeah, we have workers. And say I know that. what it is, that. but I tell my children when they lose something or something works them up, like, listen, relax. 
You can't think when you're hysterical. You can't think when you're crying. You can't remember when you're crying. Let's just calm down because that's like one thing people worked up around me. I'm not a big fan of like I, (laughs) it it sets me off. I got a machete. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But someone just wrote not long ago about how their thoughts sometimes, uh, Worse thoughts come and it get it gets to them. Mm-hmm. But if you read in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you mm-hmm. and whose thoughts are fixed on you. Right. Trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Two things it shows me in that verse in order to have perfect peace. Trust yeah. and where are your thoughts. That's right. Those two things aligned together, you'll have perfect peace supernatural peace, the gift that Jesus gave us. When I read this, I think of um, uh, uh, the story we grew up listening to was uh, Peter walking on the water. I've heard that story so much. I mean, it's like painted on every mural in kids' classrooms. It was Mm -hmm. all the felt puppet things we've had. Flannel graphs. Flannel graphs, thank you. Uh, It's been a story that's been ingrained in us, and we have to remember that these stories that we've heard for so long have such powerful revelation and wisdom in it. Don't discredit them. Don't be like, I, I know the I know the story of Jesus of Peter walking on water towards Jesus. You know, big deal. What is it? But as I've gotten older, I've had such an eye opener to that verse, and it connects with Isaiah twenty six three because I envision when Jesus said, you know, to Peter, "Come to me." Like it was a a massive storm around them, mm-hmm. a massive storm. But when I when I think of God's words, I think of it as being like a cement all the time. Anything He says, we can step out on. And, and it's, um, you know, our covenant's a benefit package for us as believers. And so when I saw Jesus say, uh, Peter, come to me, I saw like literally a concrete sidewalk from the boat to the master. Yeah. And so when he said that, when Peter did what? What two things out of that verse? When he um, trusted the word of God, yeah. when he trusted Jesus, and when he put his thoughts on the Lord, when he kept his eyes on him, mm-hmm. he stepped on the concrete of the word and started walking to him. It wasn't until his trust factor went down yep. and his thoughts were, were shifted, were shifted yep. on the storm, on the waves, on I can't do this, I'm going to die, I have fear, it's dark, it's rainy, it's windy, yep. everything else around him, he began to sink. That's exactly right. And so in order to live in that perfect peace... You have to do two things. It's not one or the other. I, I, there's lots of verses you have to read that it's there's an and. Right. There's an and in there. Yep. It's not you get to choose one. You have to do both. That's it. Just like in James, you have to read and you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have to be a reader and a doer of the word. Yeah. You can't just read the word and it happens. You can't just, you got to do both, reading and doing. There's a lot of connections and verses that you have to realize. Yep. You've got to do both and walk in obedience to it to see the blessings that's right i like what this jenna says that she she works with us um one of my confessions since the beginning of the year has been my house will never feel the effect of anything going on in the world and what society says is going on but will only feel the effects of god's favor blessing and his peace that's exactly right 
That's exactly right. It makes me think of this because, see, like my, my wife is saying, you have to know, you have to set your, and I'm, in fact, in Colossians, uh, Paul actually tells the church in, in Colossae that. He says in verse two of chapter three, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of this earth. Set your mind. So in the same way that you can set a thermostat in your house, if your house is 74 and you want it to be 71, you, all you have to do is set that. Once you set it, the atmosphere will change to reflect what you've set it to. Catch that. The atmosphere will reflect what you've set it to. You, your mind is to be set like a thermostat. The, the outside of my atmosphere changes when I set this by the power of God. He said, set your mind on things above. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Everything in your life flows out of your heart. If you don't set your mind, then you'll have what, had, what Peter had happened to him, which is as he's supposed to be coming towards the word, what did he do? Took his eyes off the word, put his eyes on the circumstances, the waves, the wind, the storm, and he began to sink. You always can walk on top of the impossible when you keep your mind on things above. But in Philippians chapter four, listen to what Paul says to them at, at the church in Philippi. He says, finally, brothers, whatever, so let's define it. What does it mean to set your mind on things above? What does it mean to set your mind on things above? Well, finally, brothers, whatever is true, stop there. Whatever is true. Well, what's true? Well, isn't the coronavirus true? The, the coronavirus is a fact, but God's word is the truth because facts can change, but truth remains the same. Facts can change. Truth remains the same. So whatsoever things are true. Well, what's true? You have to set your mind on what is the actual highest truth. What's the highest truth? Well, yes, coronavirus is real. But the truth that's even higher than that is my God is a healer. That, not only that, my God's a protector, a shield, a buckler, a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and they are saved, the Bible says. So understand something. The highest truth is what you set your mind on. Not facts. They can change. Truth remains the same. And so what sort of things are true? Uh, keep on going. Whatever is honorable whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. So understand, is the coronavirus worthy of praise? No. So I don't set my mind on it. Is sickness and disease worthy of praise? Is it commendable? No. So I don't set my mind on it. Is it lovely? No. And so I don't set my mind. Is it truth? No, it's not truth. The highest truth is God is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. By his stripes, you were healed. That's the truth. That's the absolute highest truth. So that's where I keep my mind set. I keep my mind set on the fact he's a protector, he's a shield, he's a buckler, he's a strong tower, and he is my healer. I keep my mind set on that. And then I make my decisions based on that.
Yeah. I didn't stay home from the gym when the gym was still open. Say, I better not go there. It's crowded with people, and you know they're in there sweating it up. And you know I'm sure there's virus flying around in the air. No, I went in there, touched every bar, laid on every bench, got around every sweaty person. Didn't bother me a bit. I didn't go in there with a mask on or, or lifting weights with surgical rubber gloves. No, I went in there knowing that my mind is set on the highest truth. You know, there's a difference between. Uh, what people say is wisdom, quote unquote wisdom, and what's fear. This is like the main thing I hear so much. So if I'm going to alter my life based on something that isn't truly even happened yet, well, people say, uh, you know, they, they try to use Proverbs 22, 3. Someone wrote that this week. Well, some people have been trying to use Proverbs 22, 3 to say that we should uh, adhere to the uh, whatever, the quarantine and stay in a place where we, uh, let me read Proverbs 22, 3. Listen, this is what the Bible says. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer from it. Okay, well, here's the question I'm going to ask you. There's a difference between a quote-unquote virus that may or may not be where you're going. There's a difference between looking out the window and saying, there's a lion that broke out of the zoo and it's standing in the yard. Okay, wisdom doesn't go out and stand in the yard with the lion that's actually standing there. But fear, I don't know. You know, th there's been, you know, a, a minimal number of cases of the virus in the United States of America. Minimal, very minimal. If you looked at it in comparison to all the other things that are going on, it's so minimal that you could see that it's being built up by the media. Well, and other viruses that Well, that, that's what been. I'm saying. If you go go look at the like flu. Like that whole H1N1, remember when yeah. that was? That's That was a worse one. Far worse. Way worse. But you, looking at all that. didn't shut down. If I'm going to go out, I'm not even sure. You know, it's it's like you go around. There's no guarantee that it's even around. You know, there's been like so few cases in the United States. So I'm going to treat, what am I going to do? Treat everywhere that I go like it's there and that, and that I'm going to catch it? See, the difference between a lion standing in my yard and wisdom saying, okay, well, I'm not going to go out there or let my kids go out there. There's a lion standing in the yard. That's different than your covenant of healing. It's different than your covenant of healing. I don't have a covenant of lions. I have a covenant of healing. Healing is my bread as a child of God. Absolutely. And so it's different. You, you could use Proverbs 22, 3. If you say, well, I'm not going to go out. You know, if you got people out here uh, let, let's say you're going out, you're going out and you've got cars. It's an interstate. you got cars going 90 miles an hour up and down the interstate. Well, I'm not going to just walk across it because I say, no, I'm a Christian. No, use wisdom. That's not, because I don't cross the interstate on foot doesn't mean I'm walking in fear. It means I'm using wisdom. Because I don't go into the yard when a lion that broke out from the zoo is standing in the grass and let my kids go out there. That's not fear. It's wisdom. I'm not going to put myself in danger on purpose. However, a virus, sickness, disease is different. I have a covenant of healing. I have a covenant of divine healing. And it's not, a, so I don't, it's not, we can't even be sure that people uh, do or don't have it at the gym and at the grocery store and wherever else. So I'm going to go out. I'm actually going to go out and walk in fear and call it faith and wisdom. Well, you know, we just have to use wisdom. Oh, really? So what you're saying is, see, because here's, here's the point that I, I said last week, and I'll keep on saying it. The real crux of the question is, do my hands heal the sick or do they catch and spread diseases? They can't be both. It has to be one or the other. Absolutely. My hands either kill sickness or they catch sickness. They either kill sickness or they catch sickness. One of the two. Can't be both. One. 
Can't be both. So don't tell me it's wisdom. Right. When you're walking in a place where you can clearly see that you don't believe what the word says, that there's an actual virtue in your body that kills sickness and disease. I will never alter my life based on something that I've been redeemed from. Ever. And that is faith. Ever alter my life. It's, it's frustrating to see Christians below their level of, uh, of how they should be living from a lie from the enemy. Hello, the father of lies. He is a lie creator. Get right. him out of your mind, out of your house, out of your thoughts, out of your atmosphere. Never. I just, it's so strong in me because like, I mean, anyone who knows... A cold offends my faith. A cold. And obviously the world's shutting down over this, so it's way, way worse than a cold, I guess. But don't let anything ever alter your life. My kids have had the best time. (laughs) Just last night they get out of the shower. This is the best Sunday ever. You know, last Sunday was the best Sunday. Now this Sunday's the best Sunday. I mean, every day, my kids know nothing what's going on. And it's not because they're not sheltered. They hear their dad and I talk about it, but it's how we talk about it. It's how we talk about it with our kids. They know. And I've told them, I said, listen, you're going to run into people that don't believe the same way you do, even Christians. But... That doesn't change what the Word of God says about the situation. We don't go by what unsaved people say. We don't even go by what some other Christians say. If it's contrary to the Word of God, then we're going to choose the Word of God. If they're not speaking faith, in in one year and out the other. In one year and out the other. Diana Constantine is asking on Facebook, what about what the Word says to respect your authorities? So if authorities such as our president is asking civilians to stay home, what is the wise thing to do? Here's the question you have to ask yourself, uh, Diana, is at what point do you start to understand, I have to obey God rather than men? At what point do you have to under- right here, make that distinction? It. You have that? Acts 5, 29. Yeah. Acts 5, me, 29. I'll read it from the Been thing. there. Felt it when you were going there. So this is where the apostles are being rebuked for doing God's work and doing God's will. And they're brought before the council and are told, don't ever uh, preach in this man. Didn't we tell you, verse 28 of of chapter 5, didn't we tell you never again to preach in this man's name? The high priest demanded, instead you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about Jesus and you intend to blame us for his death. Peter replied, we must obey God rather than human authority. There's the scripture. We must obey God rather than human authority. If churches desire to meet in person at the building and have a service, I don't care what the government says. I don't care what the government says. I'm obeying God. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. That's a command. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Assemble as believers. Assemble in church. Because you could say the same thing, Diana. You could say the same thing. What do you say to Chinese believers where it's illegal to be a Christian and it's illegal to have a church service? They have to have underground churches. Are you going to tell those uh, Chinese Christians, well, you know, the Bible says respect your governmental authorities and that you should live in peace with your government and do what they say. Is that what you're going to say? That was, you know, Hitler 
used that. Hitler used that verse of scripture from the Bible. You know, that's, that's their favorite verse. Listen to what the government says. Obey your governmental authorities. Hitler loved that verse. At what point? I do it as far as it doesn't contradict what the word right. tells me to do as a Christian. Because my, si- my first citizenship is heaven, not United States of America. Right. My first citizenship is heaven. My first ruler is Jesus Christ and his word. I, this is my first. Yeah. And you grew up with the verse, I'm in the world, not of the world. Yeah. So that's where you can get that citizenship from, from heaven. I actually looked up that verse because someone else had asked a question and that's and this verse came to me when they asked if you, I mean, you don't have to scroll up again. She pretty much said, what if they make us get a vaccine or take the mark of the beast? Same thing. First of all, the mark of the beast doesn't happen now. It doesn't happen until after the rapture takes place. So nobody nobody has to be worried about being forced to take the mark of the beast. We're not going to be here when the mark of the beast is given out. Uh, however, I'm also not going to be forced to be given a vaccine. Never. I'm not. I'm not going to be forced to do now, anything. And we're not taking it whenever they. I refuse to be forced to, to do anything. This isn't a communist country. It's a free country. Yeah. I'll go to jail before I'll be forced to do anything. He means it. I'll go to jail <laughs> before I'll stop going to church. And if my church is gathering, I'm there and I don't care. It's like that, that church in Louisiana. The cops came and arrested that pastor because he kept holding services. We have a right. Let me tell you, the state, the state and the government there is going to be sued because that was a constitutional right being broken and being uh, hindered by the government. They don't have the right to drag us out of church. They don't have the right. Martial law is not even in effect. They don't have the right to drag us out of church or tell us to stop gathering as believers. You don't have the right to stop the assembly. Read the Constitution. You don't have the right as a government in America to stop us from gathering as believers. You don't have the right. And I'll go to jail over it wrongly. But you have to understand, you must obey God rather than men. And most people are not ready to do that. But you better be ready to do it. Because the closer we get to the coming of the Lord Jesus, the stronger the enemy is going to oppose the church and try to shut things down. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You've got to be strong enough to declare, you cannot stop me from doing what I'm called to do. If God's word said it, yeah, that's right, Jill. The government stops at the church doorstep. Yep. You are not you don't you aren't qualified to tell me whether or not I can gather. You're not you don't have the authority nor yep. the power to shut me down. Yep. Be- because I want you to understand what the Bible says. You must obey God rather than men. Right. Ra- that's such a foolish thing to say, well, you know the government wants us to do it, so we're just going to uh, uh, we're just going to just do what they ask us. You know, who would have guessed? I like what my cousin Jonathan tweeted a couple of weeks ago. You know, first century church, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And they said, and you know, willing to die for it, willing to be tortured to do it. 21st century church, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. No problem. Don't gather. No problem. You've got to be People bold enough. crying about persecution. And no one yeah. even knows what that persecution, is Persecution, give, break. Break. <laughs> give me Jeez, a break. Give me a break. Buy me a Coke. <laughs> give me a break. And so I'm not, this is not me, you know, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. There's many churches that are not 
choosing to meet in, in a building. I'm not criticizing those churches, no, not criticizing those pastors. I actually uh, am praying for every pastor. I read something to you a few weeks ago uh, from a friend of mine's Instagram. I'll read it again because uh, so many people missed it. But let me let me read it again, just in case you didn't hear me read it the last time. Listen to this. <clears throat> Your pastor has never pastored a church through a pandemic before. When he opens the church, people are going to say he should have closed. When he closes, people are going to say he should have opened. When he doesn't shake hands, uh, people are going to say he needs faith. When he shakes hands, people are going to say he's foolish. He's going to make some difficult decisions to protect the flock, considering everything from your spiritual growth to legal liabilities if you, that, that you aren't even thinking about. Every pastor believes that they pastor the most amazing group of people. Remember this, no one wants things to go well at church as much as your pastor does. Your pastor needs your prayers and support right now. So we pray for our spiritual leadership. I'm not criticizing churches. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the government does not have the right, right to shut our churches down. They don't have the right. They can't prosecute us. They can't put us... that. And I'm going to tell you, the lawyers that are going to stand on the behalf of that pastor are going to clean house because that's a, that is a, yeah. a constitutional right being infringed upon. And we need to stand up for these rights in America. We need to stand up because if all it takes is a little bit of a scare from some little virus where a, a tiny minimal uh, amount of the population is being affected by it, very, very minimal amount of the population, and they're going to shut the whole nation down. I'll tell you what I believe. It's more than um, more than that. I truly believe. I love that. My uncle said he'd bail everybody out of church if the government comes, if the police come to put them in jail because they gathered. He said, I'll bail every one of you out of jail. I love it. But understand something. I believe more than this, whatever's going on, it's more than just what, what this is. Right. I believe it's more to see how the world will react uh, when there's actual lockdown, when there's actual quarantine. Absolutely. Population control. Yep. And um, so I want I want you to understand that it, as we're getting closer to the end, you do realize, don't you? I mean, anybody that reads the Bible and has a brain should not believe in these things as conspiracy theories. You understand Bible prophecy is slowly being moved to come to pass. And it's like Korea. Korea no longer accepting cash because of the, uh, the virus. We don't want to spread a virus on the cash. Only credit cards, only digital payments. Well... All of that stuff is moving toward a one-world government yep. system, cashless society, uh, population control. That's Bible prophecy. That's not conspiracy theory. And it has to come into play at some point. It has to be. What do you like? What, what do you think? Do you think that Jesus is going to come back and rapture his church and then the governments of the world are going to take 50 years to try to figure out a way to get a framework in place to control population or to, to have a one world control? Of course not. We're going to slip right in. The church is going to leave the earth and then the world is going to slip right in to the end, end time Bible prophecy. We're going to slip right in. No, we will not be here for the mark of the beast, Karen. We are not here for that. We are not here for that. We're gone. We are in heaven. And so I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. You need to understand that things are already being done. Things are already being put in place. I mean, do you think, honestly, that it would be hard for, for them to put the world on a one-world uh, government um, economic system? It's not hard. 
It's not hard. We already have the ability to, to be a cashless society. What do you think Cash App is and PayPal and credit cards? We already have the ability yeah. to be a completely cashless society. The cash in your hand really means nothing anymore, if you right. want to know the truth about it. In America, when they took America off the gold standard, and basically they're just printing money as much as they want or as little as they want to control inflation. I mean, literally, that's what's happening well, with the Federal Reserve. No cash exchange for Uber. There's no right. cash exchange for any of the for most things. Uh, food delivery places. They, people won't take money. It's all done yeah. through the app. It's all paid out through the company. There's no cash for most things that happen. You know, let me just say this. There's not even enough cash in circulation that if everybody in America went to take all their money out of the bank, there'd be like, I think the, I don't know this off the top of my head, you'd have to search it. But it's something like 20% of the America's actual wealth could be drawn from the bank. And then they wouldn't have enough cash for it. So you understand. It's We're already at a place. I can go to Starbucks and pay for my coffee with my watch. How hard is it going to be for them to take this chip from the watch and put it in my hands so that I never lose the watch and my, my identity is never stolen? It's not conspiracy theory. It's Bible prophecy coming into play. And so understand, we're being, we're in the, the Bible says this is the beginning of sorrows. This time that we're living in is referred to as the beginning of sorrows. Read Matthew chapter 24. It's the beginning. It, it, it hasn't happened yet. It's the beginning. The earth is groaning. The earth is groaning, the Bible says. And so what, what is this, the time we're living in? It is the signs of the times. These are the signs of the second coming. The second coming, not the rapture. That has no signs. These are signs for the second coming. So we're getting closer and closer to the return of Christ. Don't be don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Just know that your hope is on the way. And be prepared. Read the word. Know what it says. So and you can peace. live in the peace that we're talking about. So you can live in the faith that we've been, been talking about every day. So you can live in, in the rest yes. of God. Just be prepared. That's right. Don't be so prepared in other areas that you forget the most important preparation right here. Everyone's so prepared. We're going to prepare our finances. We're going to prepare what we're doing with our money. We're going to prepare that we're stocked up on rice and beans. We're going to prepare this. We're going to prepare. Be prepared on your knowledge of the word of God. Mm -hmm. It says you will perish for your lack of knowledge. Right. You don't need to perish with the rest of society. Thank you, Kristen. You don't need to perish with the rest of them. Know what the word of God says. That's right. And live it out. He already gave this to us thousands of years ago so we could be prepared. These words are life. It says that it's alive and powerful. The word of God says that, alive and powerful. There is actual life beating off of these pages that can jump into our spirit man. And so we can have the peace of God that we talked about today. I don't know what Chris is talking about. Did it say that in the Bible in 1952? Absolutely it did. The word doesn't change every year. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris, but the word does not change every year. <laughs> There's newer translations that come out, but the word doesn't change. What the word says remains the same. Word doesn't change. And not everything that comes out is an actual translation. So check out a it's podcast. It's written every did. few years. That's a foolish thing to say. And it shows that you know nothing about Bible translation or Bible transmission. Doesn't change. In fact, you want to know something crazy, Chris? If you do any study for yourself, you'll find that when they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls in the caves of Qumran, they found an entire book of Isaiah that was pre that was preserved. The entire book of Isaiah preserved. And when they compared it to what we had in the 20th century, from all the way back when it was actually copied, 
You know what they found out? It was 99.9% exact. Exact. You know what that means? The only differences they found were spelling and punctuation. That's it. Spelling of a few words was different. Punctuation a few places were different. But they found that it was exact, showing that we still have the exact same words that were had by the apostles and had by Christ. And literally, we still have the same thing that they had in the early church and that the Jews had in the Old Testament. The word's not rewritten every few years. Anybody yeah. that talks like that and believes like that has no knowledge, no knowledge of how Bible translation or Bible transmission takes place and has no knowledge of textual criticism. At absolutely none. So don't listen to, I don't know where you heard that, Chris, or, or you know somebody may have told you that or you saw it on like a, a Sesame Street episode, but I don't know where you got that. It's not accurate by any means not accurate by any means we still have the same you know people Elmo think, did a teaching on it hey guys you want to know about the bible transmissions <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way it's a nice try but you have to understand just because there's different versions of english translations does not mean that the manuscripts themselves changed it's just that translators that are helping English readers are trying to help them are trying to help them better understand what the original manuscript. I made I you all smile. It's true, Chris. You did. Um, it's, <laughs> He's he said I made you all smile though. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's uh it's that the the translators that are trying to help us in English to better understand what the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic manuscripts actually say. So it's not that they're rewriting the manuscripts. It's that they're giving us translations in language that we can better understand it as modern day readers. They're not changing the word of God by any means. I mean, some of you read those paraphrases. Some of them are the message Bible or the passion translation. They're changing the word of God. But actual translations that are done, are, are not, they're not rewriting God's word every few years. That's, that's not true. The word remains the same. The word is inerrant, the word's inspired, and we still have it today as they did in the early church. And no one should ever doubt that. Maybe I'll, I'll take more time um, to, do, to do broadcasts on that. But we want to encourage you. I know people have already been doing it, but take a step of faith today. You know, one of the things that we encourage you during this time when the enemy's trying to attack you, trying to attack your finances, sow a seed as others have been doing today. <laughs> Ashley said, please do the rest of the broadcast in that voice. <laughs> I mean, literally, take a step of faith. Why? Because the devil's not going to, he's not going to steal your blessing. He can't steal your increase. Yeah. You know, he's not even part of the covenant. God made this covenant with you through Christ. And we, te we tell your children that. That's why we have the Miracle Word Kids. We have that confession where, the, where we, and we, we literally, um, we, we actually lead our children in this every night before bed. And if you've ever been part of Miracle Word Kids, then you know that that's our confession for the, we did it on the posters, we have it on the box. Um, what is it? You know, we, and every single night we, we turn, we don't actually turn there because we've memorized it, but uh, Revelation 5.12, you know, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, you know, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing. So we sit down with the kids and say, say it with me. I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. I'm wise, I'm mighty, 
I have honor, I have glory, I have blessing. And then we continue on with the ones that the girls added to it. You know, they add their own. But those seven redemptive benefits are from found in Revelation chapter five. And the second one is, I am wealthy. Christ died to receive wealth, to transfer it to his children. By the way, that word in the Greek language does not mean spiritual wealth. It doesn't mean that you got somehow became spiritually wealthy. No, it means actual natural wealth and riches. The same as in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It's the word plutos or pluteo. And so it's, under, it's, it's to be understood as natural wealth and riches. And that's the plan of God, to bless you financially. And so how do we access that covenant of blessing and increase? Through sowing seed. You remember when we started really sowing seeds? I mean, God, you know, took it seriously and really started stepping out in a big way and sowing? Yeah. Well, before we go into that, when you were just speaking, I was thinking of, you know, just like when our confession never changes when uh, things around us are going good and when things uh, around us might be going bad, our confession should always be the same what the word of God has over our life. And that's the same for our giving. Our giving should never die down. We should never start hoarding up because we're fe fearful. Right. The ground is still good. Yes. So it, it doesn't matter that there's total chaos in the world, you know, seems by the news that everything's falling apart, which right. is not. Um, that all of a sudden I can't give. I got to save this, my job, I don't know about my job. Listen, you are protected. God's got you, he's got your back in a big way. If a door shuts, another one is gonna open right. and you can't outgive God. So you keep putting the seed in, it works the same way. You keep sowing. So you don't, when things are good and we're on a good level and everything seems amazing, we don't, we're not supposed to be good givers then. It's good givers throughout the year, no yeah. matter what, right. no matter what. What season am I in? What season do I want to go to? What do I want to have? What do I want to see? Right. You know, Miracle Word Ministries doesn't stop because COVID-19 is out there. Right. Those children that we feed that you see at the beginning of the broadcast yep. are still getting fed. Yep. We'll and never more. be hindered. We'll never be hindered because of a virus. Those mouths will be fed three meals a day yeah. because of the goodness of God yep. in our ministry. And, and because be we're givers... And because your givers, your family's gonna be fed, just like I said in the broadcast, you're never gonna be without. When you wanna find something when you go out, you're not gonna fight a crowd. It's gonna be their lane for you. I love because that. Look at that testimony Jenna just gave. We sowed a seed last week during our fast and Ralph just beat his best week ever during the shutdown. Give, that's yes, right. that's it. You can't give uh, and hoard, uh, give based on uh, what's going on. Right. Just because you've leveled up, well, now I'm going to be a giver. No, you give at all times yeah. and you'll skip levels. You will skip levels. And that's how God works. He's always giving you a test of your faith. That's why I always encourage people to be introspective in their giving life. He's always going to test where your heart is. That's what giving is. It is God's test of your heart to see what do you love more, me, my purpose, my kingdom, my agenda, or the blessings that I've placed in your life? Yeah. One of the reasons that people level off in their blessing and never go any higher is because they get to a place where they stop leveling up their giving. They stop going to a higher level. They think, well, that's, that's enough. You know, that's enough. I mean, you know, I... There was a time in our ministry and in our lives when the most we'd ever given to God 
in an offering as a one-time offering was a thousand dollars. There was a time that that was for us, that was huge. And it was like a big step of faith. I remember the first one ever that we did. And I remember literally thinking, man, uh, we finally hit that place of sowing a thousand. Now for the rest of our life, we'll be able to sow this thousand dollars. And I remember it was like a huge deal for us. And then I can remember when it stopped feeling like a huge deal. When it stops feeling like a huge deal, that's a sign to you that God's leveled you up and your faith is not challenged at that level anymore. Yeah. Which means you need to increase if God's going to increase you. It's like when I was a kid, I, sh- I would get, my- get a dollar from my mom to go to children's church class. Well, I'm not still giving a dollar, that's for sure, because I've leveled, I've leveled up. I remember first time giving a hundred, it was big. First time we gave a thousand, it was big. And the first few times it felt like, man, we're really, let's step out in faith and stretch. We don't feel like that anymore. A thousand dollars doesn't feel like that. And then we leveled up to 2,500 and 2,000 and would sow that and that felt big. But then God leveled us up. Then we jumped up to $5,000 seeds and that felt big. And we, and then we jumped up to $10,000. It just keeps on going. Yeah. You know, and, then, you, and you have to do things um, outside of your comfort zone and not add, you know, like the other day, you know, I, I bought some stuff for some people in my neighborhood and they tried to give me cash and I could be like, well, yeah, you know, just because I don't know how long this is going to last and things right. are going to shut down. I need to have every penny right. in our family. I said, no, I said, no, you enjoy it. Enjoy dinner on me. It's for you. Enjoy it. And then <laughs> like a day later, I had forgotten to get the mail. I opened our mailbox and there was a check in the mail. Yeah. Didn't even, you know, right. just a check in the mail. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Forgot about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it works. God's system works. works. Don't ever feel like you're going to be without. You can't be without by doing what the Bible says. You will never be without. Suzanne? Oh, thanks. That's That's, my mom. She sewed $1,000. That's my mom. And your dad. And my dad. Thank you. Love you. But Suzanne's my mom. Yes. She's not your mom and your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Her dad is Larry. Her mom is Suzanne. Thank Thank you, you mom and dad. That means a lot to us. Thank you so much. And I'm telling you, it works. And by being introspective, by continuing to level up, God's always looking at your heart. He's always judging. And you know how I know that this is true and that it works this way? When you read the story of Jesus, uh, in the temple, watching people give their offerings. Yeah. And he sees all the rich men and the disciples are there too. Um, he sees the rich men casting their offerings into the receptacle. But what happens? A woman comes down, a widow, yeah. and she places with care the last two, one King James translation says mites, her, her final money, two coins, into... And Jesus turns to the disciples and what does he say? This woman gave more than all of these. And the disciples were blown away. They said, how can that be possible? Look at what they were giving and look at what she gave. How can that be possible? He said, because they gave from their abundance, but she gave all she had. She gave all she had. So what does that show you? It shows you that when Jesus is looking at what you gave, It's not based on what you gave. It's based on what you have left over. For example, let me ask you a question. If you had two people that were giving and they both were going to sow a $1,000 seed, which one do you think God rewards more? A person who has $100 million in the bank and sows a thousand 
or a person who has $5,000 in the bank and sows a thousand. Obviously, God is going to honor and bless the one who has 5,000 that sows a thousand far more than he's going to bless the one who has a hundred million and sows a thousand. Because to them, it is nothing. It's pennies. It does not take faith to do. Whereas the one who has 5,000 or even let's say one who has 2,000 and sows a thousand of it, it takes great faith to do that, takes no faith to do the other. God's not looking at the amount because everyone's at different levels. You know, a fifth, do you realize a a $100 seed for some people is more than a thousand dollar seed for other people because of where they're at. And so it has nothing to do with everybody sowing a thousand dollar seed. It's about where are you currently in your life with God and what is he asking you to do specifically and will you obey him when he asks you to do it? That's the real question. That's the real question. And so as we pray in just a moment, the Lord's going to speak to you personally and he's going to give you an instruction from heaven about what you're to step out and do. And as you do it and obey it, God's the one who rewards you. God's the one who blesses you. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to every man and woman today that's watching or maybe they're listening on the podcast and give them an instruction from your Holy Spirit. And speak to them about what you'd have them to do as they sow today. And Lord, we thank you that as we sow our seeds, harvests are quickly coming back to us by the power of your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we'll never be without. We'll always have more than enough because we're connected to you in covenant. In Jesus' name, you are the provider. We're not on this world's system. We are on your system and your economy. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So you can see right there on the screen, if you'd like to sow, you can always go to miracleword.com and you can sow on the website. You can partner on the website. And we've been praying for a thousand people to stand with us as partners at $85 a month minimum or more. And uh, many are doing that. Many are doing more. Join the mighty men and women, as Amen. we call it. It's on That's the website. We you can read all about it, mm-hmm. what you're a part of when you what when you doing. are a member, a partner with Miracle Word Ministries. Absolutely. So. And then those of you that like to use an app, you can use PayPal. That information's on the screen, Cash App. We're even using Venmo now for, for a few people that prefer that. And then, of course, if you're on Twitter, Periscope, or Facebook, not YouTube, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section. Uh, and right there in the comments, you can sow your seed and click a link to complete it. And um, it's pretty instant, works instantly. Once you've set your account up with them, you can set up a, a, a standards seed. And anytime you put hashtag donate, it'll sow that amount. We want to thank you because we do pray for you on a weekly basis and uh, are believing for those of you that are standing with us to see increase. And, uh, and so we're believing for you. Um, those that are battling in their body, we've had people that are asking for prayer yeah, that's right. I forgot to say that. Uh, those that are sewing $1,000 or more, thank you, Jennifer, for reminding me. We're sending this beautiful life application study Bible. I love this tool. Uh, filled with background notes, filled with maps that will help you understand the context of the stories, uh, profiles on Bible characters, timelines, uh, so much. The, the the background of every book that shows you the uh, the what they call the vital statistics, which is who it was written to, when it was written, who wrote it, uh, what the purpose was, the breakdown of everything in the book. It's phenomenal. I love this tool. And uh, in genuine leather, we're going to send you one of these in the New Living Translation. And uh, then also, 
for every person that's sewing at least $85 or more this month, we're going to be sending you this awesome book by A.A. A. Allen, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. And uh, so it's going to be excellent. Uh, we love you guys so much and thank you for hanging with us. Also, don't forget for Miracle Word Kids, we have Easter yes. boxes and they're I available. I love this. Look at this. This is great. Y'all stuck at home, order this. It comes right to your doorstep, yeah. wrapped and ready for them. Each one has different things. You see a picture of some of it, but it all gets kind of like a surprise box for them. And the new tumblers that are out, the pink and the blue, strong, smart, set apart, Those are, are phenomenal. Awesome. If you've already got the box, um, we did do a Christmas box with different stuff in it. But if you um, just want uh, the tumbler, we also have that for sale on our website as well. You can get. We the should only drink on the broadcast out of the tumblers. <laughs> we should put everything we have in the tumblers. We love you but guys get it, so much. Get it today. Order Grab it. It's going Shop. out. Miracleword.com. UPS ain't closed. That's it. <laughs> Although we're praying for the post office. Yeah, they can close. <laughs> we'll be back tonight. I'll be back tonight, <laughs> 7 o'clock, Spirit of Faith session number 7. You're not going to want to miss it tonight at 7 o'clock. It's going to build your faith. We love you guys so much. Sorry for the internet issues at the beginning, but everything came back to normal. Yeah, thanks for sticking with I us. Guess, I guess people got tired of being on the internet. Maybe they went outside. I don't know what the <laughs> issue was. Anyway, we love you guys so much and uh, appreciate you. Be blessed. I'm going to play that song again from our winter camp meeting. I'm a Pentecostal. Enjoy it. We love you. And we'll see you again tonight at 7 and tomorrow at 10.30. Later. Oh, yes. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I said, are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I got to say this again tonight. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. We're the book of action. We are still the same. Worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. We're the book of Acts. We are still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. We are still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're holy, ghost, and fire in every way. We've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get merry. Rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music. Danced all around. Shouting hallelujah. His glory came down It's just our style The way we do our thing Oh, we're the Pentecostals That kind in Jesus' name I'm a Pentecostal I am not ashamed We're the book of Agon We are still the same We worship God the Father Lift up Jesus' name We're Holy Ghost and fire I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. Read the book of Acts. Come on. We are still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire.
camp meeting in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't hear me. We've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get merry. Rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music. Danced all around. Shouting hallelujah as your glory came down. It's just our style. The way we do our thing. We're the Pentecostals. strange when I got this Holy Ghost I could not contain more exciting than a party higher than a drug it's the greatest feeling being washed in his blood if you're tired of tradition religion's done you wrong you're feeling tired and empty no longer have a fall the story's not over things for you can change Feel the fire burning as the spirit fans the flame. There's millions who have come and millions on the way. Leaving their dead churches for this Pentecostal pain. There's a hunger in the world that gets stronger every day. They're crying out for Pentecost. That is why we say, I'm a Worship God the Father. Oh, we're Holy Ghost and fire. One more time, say, I'm a Pentecostal. I am not ashamed. We're the Holy Ghost. We are still the same. Worship God the Father. was strange. When I got this Holy Ghost, I could not contain. More exciting than a party, higher than a drug. It's the greatest feeling, being washed in his blood. You're tired of tradition, religion's done you wrong. Feeling dry and empty, no longer have a song. The story's not over, things for you can change. Feel the fire burning as the spirit fans the flame. There's millions who have conquered, millions on the way. Living their dead churches for this Pentecostal pain. There's a hunger in the world that gets stronger every day. They're crying out for Pentecost, that is why we say. Say, worship God the Father. 
Holy Ghost, it's a good night to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Oh, say what I say. Fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Oh, fill me up till I overflow. Oh, fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Oh, fill me up till I overflow. Say, fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Just fill me up till I overflow. Worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in everywhere. If that's you, shout Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.